Hey everyone, welcome aboard the FHC podcast train. It's not the Polar Express or the Tropical Transit, but it is episode 81 of 15 with Andy, Greg, and Randy. And Andy, you know, and who? I was born in 1981. So it's... I was it's, alive then too. Since it's episode 81. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, I was alive too, but... It's episode 81. I was born so in 81. So 81, I was like, all right, I was missing the, I was no, missing the correlation. It's episode 81. It is episode 1981, 1981 really? 1981, yeah. You look a lot younger than that. <laughs> <laughs> Time has not been good to you, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, uh, man, 81, that's, uh, that's a little crazy. But speaking of polar, the U.S. has a week of snow and cold from Seattle to Boston <laughs> and everywhere in between. And it's going to be 85 here on And I was Christmas just going to say, so we will continue to be thankful for the 80 degrees and sunshine we are currently enduring here in Florida. <laughs> Last week, our episode was entitled Everyone which was by Andy, where we decided that let go of any exclusiveness. You don't have to protect God. Salvation is for everyone. So just go love someone into a lifelong friendship with God, and maybe that will happen best as you serve. This is good news of great joy for everyone. And I kind of felt like that goes into this week as well. I mean, they, 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 really been, they just keep tying together a little bit at a time. You do that on purpose? Is that, I, yeah. That's what I was we wondering. Pre- maybe. We work <laughs> and work and work at this. I hope it does. <laughs> I just have to say, last week's message nah, i liked it i know we already talked about it no it was good why well, anything that just just no, just the idea of inclusivity i think in a time when uh western thought and culture is very uh tribal. exclusive and tribal and this yeah. is my space and you shouldn't be here and so it's to my have stuff a message, too by the way like, no this is for everyone yeah this is all of us anyway yeah no i think that's uh, i think that's spot on this week we the message was born and so initially I'm thinking, okay, wait, that seems like a pretty <laughs> obvious part of this story, the Christmas story that Jesus was born, uh, both biblically and historically. So I was like, all right, where, where are we headed with, with born? But for any of you who missed this week's service, you really did miss an amazing time of music, choir, strings, wow. brass, and drama. Speaking of that drama, Stephanie Johnson and Bill Largo teamed up again to give us a little insight or a little backsight maybe on the Christmas story. And maybe Stephanie's portrayal of our just love and maybe a star comfort with the story in Luke 2 mm-hmm. of this whole Christmas story versus this backstory of Philippians 2, where it's, you know, certainly it was dramatized for effect, but considering this text as a backdrop to Luke 2, that's not really talking about right. the Christmas story. But in reality, there's no Christmas story without the decisions right. and the things that happen in this Philippians 2, about verse 6 and 8. Unless Jesus takes this path of humility, what do we do? What do we miss in, in this Christmas story if we don't put these two together or if yeah. we haven't realized this together? And, and part of the challenge within all of Christendom is we've, we've put so much emphasis on the cross, which is a valid place to put sure. emphasis, but we put, we put so much on the, on the cross— that we have neglected the incarnation um, on that end. We, we, we'll, we have Christmas, we celebrate Christmas, but to think about the eternal God becoming man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because we don't really know how to wrap our minds well, around that. Well, it's beyond our minds, that's for sure. Sure. But that, that, the, the whole idea of opening up the Trinity to humanity uh, that God did in this whole thing is just, that's a huge thing that lasts for all eternity now. 
Um, sure, it was ratified at the cross. It was sealed there. But uh, we shouldn't forget that condescension side either. Well, and I, I, it's funny that you said that. It's almost exactly what I had written down because the cross seems easier to understand as a sacrifice because we can relate to humans being mistreated, being falsely yeah. accused, being a victim of the criminal justice system then or now doesn't seem like a lot <laughs> is, too di- is really different. But sacrificing divinity, creatorship, creator mm-hmm. status, Lord of all, king of the universe, I mean, how do you even put that into a tiered system yeah. of – Wow, he really gave up. A, yeah, yeah. He really gave up a lot. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't even seem to make sense to and, us. And we sort of think sometimes that it's it's a it's like a little blip on history. He he gave it up for thirty three years, and now you know now he's back in heaven. He's God again. But no, he's always God. As man, he's God hundred percent. But now he's also hundred percent human, and that goes with him forever as well. So that's, right. it's it's not just a momentary like oh i'll just take care of this and get back to who i was it's a, it's a it's a transformation of the life of the trinity in the condescension of christ to our earth well and you know you kind of talked about some things and it almost seems a little sci-fi it is you know in in all this like it's a like you couldn't have scripted this no no hollywood producer would have ever come up with this as an actual script and a story because a couple of questions that came to my mind was just like what you just said. It's almost like men in black where you, you know, they take the the silver pen out and put it in front of your eyes and you don't remember anything. But Jesus takes all of these things that he endured through those, those years on earth and the last couple in ministry were, and then of course the cross and all that. I mean, he relives that and he has that with him every single day, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, that's just not something like you said as well, 33 years and it's over. I mean, there's, there's lasting effects even if you're God, there's still that human component to you. In a world where we don't understand this either, science fiction here, <laughs> where where time is is um, all time is current, whatever that means for for Jesus is it's a anyway. I'm over my head. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing I thought of is what does what does heaven look like while those 33 years while this because before this it's mm. we don't I mean we don't understand yeah. he's always been here. We know he's always going to be here, but if you just take this little little slot in time, 33 years, which is I'm sure less than a blink in the grand scheme of things, what does heaven look like when they're watching this and this is all happening? And they have to be nearly as dumbfounded about these things then as we are now trying to explain like, well, man, who saw, who saw Jesus leaving heaven and giving up all this to go to earth for, for that? I mean, that's a, that's a pile of steaming just stinky mess down there, and Jesus is leaving all this for that? I mean, how, how did they – what does heaven look like while that's happening? Those are just things that popped into my head that I know don't, there's not answers for, but well, – Well, Greg will have an answer for it. Yeah, Greg, what do, yeah. What's, what yeah, do you think? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> me and, uh, you know, Martin Luther and, uh, and Bonhoeffer got together one day to, to really just <laughs> <Did you? laughs> write a book about, you know, what heaven was like during this time. Yeah. yeah. What, what did you find out? We don't know. We don't know. Okay. Well, <laughs> I figured that might be the case. Andy, you put pictures and descriptions of Jesus in the womb and the stages of pregnancy, and that was really powerful. Not that, again, I don't think we always think of Jesus as, well, oh, he was born. Yeah. But like, hey, Mary was pregnant, and there was all those things as fathers sitting around here, the three of us, we know what it was like when your wife is carrying your, your child and, and gosh, delivering, right? And so, but we listen to the story, we forget that Jesus was really there. And I just thought that was, if you haven't watched the message, go back and watch it, because the visual along with the actual, well, this is what Jesus 
would have been here. This is what he would have been here. It, it took a while to find the pictures that I could show. Well, uh, that was a, there were some great videos, but I thought it would make more work for parents than they were probably ready for. <laughs> I was going to say that's a scary Google search, isn't it? Yeah, it, was. it really is. But Christmas it, sermon sex ed. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but you know, all of this keeps going back to. There's so many things, and I think it's why we we kind of gloss over, like in that in the skit that Stephanie and Bill did. That you have, you know, you have virgins giving birth, and this doesn't make sense to us. You have celestial creatures showing up in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. making really crazy claims to people that of society have no account, right. basically. And you know, and almost like the Matrix, you know, like the architect saying, "Well, I'm going to take the red pill and I'm going to go join everybody." No, you know that. <laughs> but in essence, when Jesus comes, he makes all of this just go away. I mean, it's not just the birth, it's the cross. Mm. But when you put the two together, I just I find that I don't always just equate the beginning and the end in the same story. Right. So, you know, Stephanie, I think one of her comments was, this seems more like a, a Good, Good Friday. Friday message versus <laughs> a Christmas message. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting because we don't always, I think, I mean, you know the stories yeah. go together, but when you put the two together, it seems way more powerful. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny to me how a lot of Christians... All, actually, all of us will have doubts or wonder about maybe creation, you know, or some of the miracles or that kind of deal. You know, did Jesus really feed five thousand people with a little boys' lunch? Because he walk on water, and 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 it's like, wait a second, you're a Christian because you believe a virgin got pregnant by the Holy Spirit and had God. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Once you once you get past the virgin birth of the God of the universe, really, the rest of it should be. Not simple, but a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> There's a giant hurdle there, and like you said, you're almost inviting ridicule, yeah. you know, you know, for that. But in a way, so was so was God. So was this plan in a way, because he had to, you know, he obviously knew what the societal ramifications of. Hey, by the way, my son and God of everything is going to be born to number one, a human, yeah. and then two, a virgin, which is you know totally not going to mesh well. So he kind of had to know what he was setting Jesus up for. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, I just thought that this whole, the whole thing, it's not going to answer a lot of questions, but I thought just the humanness, bringing the human factor to this process, but really setting the stage for what Jesus went through, what they went through, this whole process. And I just thought, you know what, this is a good way to look at being humble. Mm-hmm. And when you read Philippians 2 yeah. and you kind of go back, in verse 6 it said, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave and was born a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. And therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. It seems like in that preclude... Mm-hmm or the prelude to this story, even at that, it's giving us a clue as to what God's looking for from us. Well, to be willing to set aside divinity and live a life in a very human way, that's huge. And we have problems just giving up status, you know. <laughs> <That's just laughs> yeah. like, uh, who wants to lay down your position and be able to and take a, a lesser position? And yet that's sort of what he's modeling for us all. Yeah. Well, and one of our uh, the, my favorite FHC takeaways from this past week asked, how do you resonate or not with the idea that all the Bible is a record of God saying, I am with you, and asking, will you be with me? And it's like, whoa, that was a pretty grand invitation. Well, Emmanuel, 
Right. Is God with us? Yeah. But in this story, he did it upright. He did the, he did it in, in complete grandeur, not the way obviously someone probably of that time would have chosen to invite the best guests and the you know rent the best hall and have a big feast and whatever, make this grand announcement. But it's often the case where we find that we look at what God does and scratch your head for a minute, and then all of a sudden when it all comes together, like wow, that was <laughs> that was that was pretty cool. <laughs> you said one thing in your message that I think it just. It really kind of wrapped it all up. It said, the angel announces, for unto you a Savior is born. Why? Why is Jesus born? Because behind the universe is not an austere, self-centered, abstract force, an abstract divinity, but God who is Father, Son, and Spirit, and their joyful, intimate fellowship is this great dance of oneness, unity, and love. And this triune God, in astonishing grace, determined not to hoard this joy, but to share it with us. Again, all these things that you just – I mean, it's so hard as I was kind of preparing for this and taking notes even on Sabbath when I was when I was here. And it was like, how do you communicate this to someone who maybe just – yeah, we know the Christmas story. Like you said, this is, a, this is something the world celebrates, maybe without really realizing the most of it. Maybe even some Christians celebrating it without really understanding or taking to heart the full effect of it. But – if you let that sink in for just a minute, a divine family sends one of their own, giving up the spoils and privilege of the entire universe with love and without any reservation to share their joy with you, with me, with everyone. And all of that knowing that very few will ultimately share that joy back with them and by their own choice. And if I don't know, I think of that as a parent and I really let that sink in this week. And that even makes it more undescribable, more more meaningful, more me wanting to <laughs> reciprocate that joy and be a part of that. Yeah. What I was really struck by in that passage from Philippians was consistently humble, right? Like yeah. it talks about him taking the form of a servant even before he was born, right? And, yep. and then he was born. So he had already humbled himself. He was born. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God, died a criminal's death on a cross. And so it's just this consistent theme throughout his entire life of being humble and being willing to go where God was leading and calling him. And I think, uh, yeah. you know, this idea, when, and when we think about it in the context of the message, this idea of being born again and being born, you know, in Christ and what that means, um, that new life in him is, you know, kind of rooted, I think, in being humble. Yeah, that's what the call of Christ, I, th- I think, is is about. You know, being humble and, and following Him in that. And so, even when we talk about it in the terms of new birth, um, you know, it's very applicable to Christmas. Yeah, something to take with us because it it really is asking the question: Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Mm-hmm. And essentially, the question is answered by being just what you described. So if we can take a little bit of that into the next couple of weeks where sometimes that's the hardest couple of weeks of the year to do that. Sometimes we've, we've talked about the second birth as a, a striving to be able to maybe take a, a, a little more relaxed approach to the second birth. Um, how much say did you have in your first? So how much say do you have in your second? <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and be able yeah. to enjoy what God is doing. He's begun a good work in you. He'll bring it to completion. Yeah, there's a great text in Peter. Even second birth, the born againness is a is a gift from Him. Yeah, uh, it's not something that we grit our teeth and achieve somehow. And by oh, I'm going to be born again. He didn't say birth yourselves. He said you must be born again. Right. Something has to happen to you from beyond yourself. 
Um, so that's, that's, that's really important to lay those contexts down, I think. Excellent. All good things to take with us in the rest of this season. What is upcoming this week? Is this another... This Are we week, switching out to... Uh, no, this week is the last of the Christmas series, is when the angel says, peace. Peace. Good luck. So peace is up on yes. deck. Yes, and then, but our Christmas Eve uh, service, our yes. candlelight communion oh, yeah. uh, on December sure 24. December 24. And, uh, and you're doing a special service by yourself on December 25, right? Is that... Andy? 20, no? No. <laughs> no? No? It's no. not Andy? Oh, okay. No. The no. gift? Just, we'll do a, we'll do Christmas. The e- gift of The Andy. eve of Christmas Eve. Okay. The eve of uh, Christmas and Eve. And then, but Christmas Eve service, candlelight communion. What time? 530. 530. It's one of the best services of the year, I think. Yeah, if you're not in a place to write that down, just go to the FHC mobile app and it will be there for you to just go ahead, press the button that says save to calendar and you won't forget. God, does that. That mobile app is Must be a genius. He's, he's not awesome. bad. He's not too bad. He's awesome. <laughs> well, until next Wednesday in episode 82, this is Randy for Andy, Greg, and Tom saying thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you then.